What's up, everybody? This is Alex Worldwide Keller, and you're listening to The Card is Going to Change. And let me tell you about one of our beautiful, amazing, gracious, and awesome sponsors. That's right. It's Pollyanna DIY at Pollyanna DIY on Twitter, on Instagram. Go to PollyannaDIY.com, and you can get all sorts of amazing buttons, shirts, pins, the whole kit and caboodle. That's right, PollyannaDIY.com. But now, let's take it to the reason that you hit download, the reason that you are streaming. That's right, the card is going to change. Hello once again, everybody. Thanks for listening to AIW's The Card is Going to Change. Before we get into this week's episode, as always, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors that help us bring the show to you for free each and every week. Firstly, thanks to Angelo's Pizza. They're feeding us here as they always do while we record, and they, of course, bring pizza to you at our live events at Mount Carmel. If you want to try more of their pizza or anything else on their menu, it's all delicious. Head to Angelo's on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. And thanks to Smart Mark Video, they record all of our live events. And if you want to relive any of those or watch them for the first time, you can purchase that on DVD or digital download from smartmarkvideo.com. And additionally, head to powerbomb.tv, sign up using the code ABSOLUTE, and you will get a 20-day trial for free. And then stick around and just keep watching the shows that we put out there from the AIW archives. And as always, thanks to Jack Prince, who helps take care of all of our printing and graphic design needs. They can do all of that and more for you, whether it be banners, t-shirts, business cards, flyers, everything and anything. For all that they have to offer, head to jackprince.com. J-A-K, prince.com. Yes, that voice right there, none other than the bone collector, Dominic Garini, returning to the podcast, we are also joined this week by uh, the Duke once again, and of course, as always, AIW owner John Thorne. Duke's missing another softball game. Unbelievable. And my name is Steve Guy. I'm your moderator of sorts. On this episode, we tackle a show happened in September, Escape from Cleveland. That was at Mount Carmel. And... Uh, I don't know where to start with this. There was so much happening. There's a lot of bad, a lot of bad stuff happening here. Yeah, and uh, but it was. I mean, it was an awesome show. It it makes its way to to be that. But I guess where where do we begin? Would you want to begin with uh, our special guest landing, and then you know? Well, I, I wanted to begin with the uh, notice of the potential legal issues. Ah, uh, yes. I forgot that was that was really what kicked off that entire week, two weeks before maybe. It was about a, it was about a week and a week and a half, week and a half or two weeks of you know getting told that uh, you know basically we're going to be investigated by the alcohol board based on Mount Carmel's permitting. You know if they're getting the if they have been getting the proper permits for our events and things like that. Uh, and then it turns into, you know, just figuring out what the what the consequences are if they did or didn't, what uh, could be done. Uh, like it turns into all these all these crazy different scenarios. Yeah. Uh, which is very it, it becomes very stressful. Um, all based on you know somebody that we used to book saying that they they launched this thing they they called uh they called the police to well it's not the police it's like a, a liquor control board or whatever yeah uh which you know we heard through the grapevine or whatever and uh you know whether 
they did it or they didn't do it. It was said that they were going to do it. So uh, we started looking into, you know, what it meant and what it could be and uh, what ha- you know, what happens from here. And, uh, you know, I had to speak with lawyers and uh, weigh, weigh my options. And that's where, you know, Mount Carmel was doing nothing wrong. You know, everything was on the up and up. However, the potential of, you know, when you start, uh, like, uh, when someone comes and says, hey, we're going to investigate this specific event that occurs at your venue. Right. uh, When we are already in, you know, like, not hot water, but, you know, they, they uh, they get mad at certain things that happen. So when that, you know, when that happens in, you know, I... Like I said, I'm speaking to a lawyer based on, like like all kinds of legal ramifications, uh, and it was just you know I was just advised like hey you know the, the thing that solves this is just don't ha- don't have beer and even if it is on the up and up, you know this could still get you in trouble because there are so many different like uh, like requirements to officially follow that permitting right. to to where you know if if they wanna. I was basically told if they want to find you in violation, they're going to find a way to find you in violation of this thing. Uh, yeah, to be said, you know, to our knowledge, everything we were doing all on the up and up, you know, we weren't, we weren't tiptoeing around any sort of thing. We thought that we were completely on the up and up as well. But to your point, the more we start digging, it's like, well, yeah, sure. Even, there could be a gray area here. Gray. There's area. a lot of there's a lot of gray area there, uh, especially with being a renter of the facility. Right. Uh, so I was just advised, like, hey, you know, this isn't this isn't going to happen, and you know, th- this shouldn't happen anymore. If you want to avoid any sort of issue, uh, just kind of just be done with it. And we did look at ways to remedy it, but. Uh, honestly, based on how this show went, I don't think that many people were upset about it. Um, maybe they were, maybe they weren't. Yeah. Uh, but as of now, you know, there's going to be no alcohol sold or, you know, permitted at the Mount Carmel events. Uh, because, you know, once you find out what the state government could actually come and do to you, if they really want to, uh, that gets... You know, uh, that becomes real. That's when, you know, wrestling the hobby becomes like real life, like real life, like uh, you're going to take all of my, you're going to take my bank account. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's not even, it's not even you. It's like you were saying before, when you're the renter of the facility, there's a, there's what could happen to Mount Carmel. Right. There's just, you know, there's other people that are going to get affected by it because of, you know, some weird vendetta if you will or something and it's like okay you come after aiw for one thing but then now the church is involved you know there's a school there other things are involved right and and that's and that's really what it boils down to you know it's a school it's you know it's a church and it's kind of like uh you know how a lot of these venues go and why a lot of venues don't allow wrestling it's just kind of like well you know what we don't want to be bothered with it so well, because I, I, I can guarantee you, their attorney is telling them the same thing. Right? Yeah, nothing could probably go wrong, but the easiest way to avoid it is just to not have not wrestling shows. Yeah. Just like they were saying, the easiest thing to do is not have beer. You right. know. And keep in mind, this is all, of course, on the heels of the city sending a letter because they're thinking we're packing thousands of people in Mount Carmel and they want tax money from from tickets. So it's. You yeah, know, there's one to get to the other, and it's like, all right. There's been a lot going on, like uh, out of kind of thin air in the last couple months. I guess you know, I guess maybe we could just connect the dots on the whole thing. But so you actually do have 99 problems. <laughs> I have way more than 99 problems. Okay. All right, uh, and it seemed, <laughs> you know, it just seemed to be coming to a boiling point with this because, uh, you know, I, I realize that people like having a good time and they like drinking at the shows, and it helps the environment and helps the atmosphere. And not only that, you know, the wrestlers like to, you know, crack a beer after they wrestle. And From what I saw and from, I mean, I know we had the pre-party and then had the after party. And I'm sure there was, you know, not that we condone it or not that we saw it or not that we whatever. But I'm sure there was a flask or two involved somewhere. 
Um, but that was probably the worst part is that all of the wrestlers were just like, hey, man, I need my post-match two uh, Paps Blue Ribbons or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and you're killing me. You're killing me. You're killing me. It's like, sorry, man. You know what, yeah, what he wants it's to do? The, you know, it's the, I guess it's been, the, it's the dawn of a new era. Like, I know? don't know if any fans complained. I didn't hear anything, but I'm not in the front line of that. I got to say, I don't remember who I was talking to. Uh, it might have been Magnum uh, afterwards because I went down to uh, a show that he was on the next day with Swaggle. And uh, I think we both agreed that the crowd seemed more engaged than they they had been in the past, and I think you could partially attribute that to them being mostly sober. Probably, you know, because I, I think when you're drunk or you're in the beer line, and I, I think you miss a lot. And as much fun as they have when they're drinking, I think that they. They saw some stuff this time where they're like, oh, man. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things that is just out of our control at this point. You know, yeah. like it was th- th- it was weighing heavy on me leading up to it because it's like, you know, you, you have an experience that, you know, you have built up and, you know, provided for these people. And, you know, at no fault to mine, I have to, you know, stop doing that. And it's right. just like, you know, it's like gloom and doom. Like, you know, is this is, is it all going to come? tumbling down now you know what i mean because nobody likes change right nobody and so you think oh the fans the fans aren't there because they can drink beer i know but you know it's just it's just you know it's it's a combination of things and then uh you know like i said the wrestlers are mad uh you know i'm scared the fans are going to be mad i'm mad at the situation because it could have totally been avoided uh but you know it, it it was you know I like I said, it's something that was just totally out of our control, and luckily, you know, we were kind of told about it before any anything, you know, really could have gone bad, like the seizing of assets and things like that, uh, which was discussed, you know, when I when I talked to my lawyer. So Your portfolio could have been, yeah, that portfolio gone that like that. You haven't been working on for me. <laughs> could have been gone, but uh, yeah, and, and that's not to say if we find a solution, we. You know, we won't do it again. Right, exactly. We've got to, we've got it's to just, find a solution. It, it's kind of like, you know, I have to I have to be smart at this point as, as opposed to, you know, this was uh, 10 years ago. I probably would have said, fuck it, take it all. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're this is what we do. But uh, there's a lot there's a lot more things on the line these days. Yeah. And how uh, it, you brought it up, so we might as well, I'm going to ask it now. How did the pre-party go? Do we know? Uh, as for, I, Dom had some had more interaction with them. <clears throat> John from Brunettes, uh, from after the show told me that he was pretty happy with the turnout said, you know, we had a good amount of people in there as well. It seemed like, uh, there was a nice little contingency of fans who would be trying to run out either between matches or during intermission to go over to Brunettes. Oh, really? Have a quick drink, come <laughs> back. At one point, young <laughs> Joshua Bishop left post match in his gear and went and got, a, and went and got a, uh, donut there. <laughs> so, uh, John is pretty excited about that. Uh, Brunettes, you know, has been up the road from us for about a little over a year now. Yeah. Um, you know, really an Instagram sensation, over 27,000 followers on Instagram. Um, and, you know, they're just uh, big proponents of stuff in the Cleveland community. Um, I know Garg- Johnny Gargano loves to go there when he's back in town, and they love wrestling, so they stepped up, uh, offered to be a sponsor for the pre-party, and they had a good time, so we're hoping to do it again. Yeah, we're hoping that, you know, we have to follow up, you know, as we get closer to hell on earth, but we're hoping that, you know, maybe that pre-party can be a regular thing to kind of, yeah, you know, at least get people, you know, a little bit loosened up before yeah, they get there. Get lubed up before they get in the door. Excellent. Well, as we talk about before even getting to the show, uh, our special guests made their way into Cleveland, and they had some very simple requests. You talked about this on your episode with Swaggle, and uh, well, our, our special guests made their way their way into Cleveland, and. Literally, not one student offered to go. That's where we're going. <laughs> and pick up Ultimo Dragon, hang out with Ultimo Dragon, pick his brain, hang out with Damien six six six, hang out with Bestia six six six. Like you know, talk to them, like ask them questions. Like uh, these are these are unique experiences that you cannot pay for. 
and literally nobody. There, there were many side messages out of the uh, multiple student group chats that you know John and I have with these students, and it was just us lamenting to each other of what is going on, what what are these guys doing, why can they not you know step up and. It's just one of those things that um, maybe this new class of kids doesn't understand, you know, the importance of these things or, or fucking what, millennials, but. Duke. Is it? Is hey, don't it get me involved in this. Well, also let's also <laughs> let's also uh, strike to the record that about half these kids don't have a fucking driver's license. Yeah, so like well, uh, I guess that's fair. Then. Well, that then is yeah, then they really can't pick people. Yeah, it's fair. Well, I mean, how can you pick somebody up? Grow up. Get right. a driver's license. They, I mean, they got to get, get a, a driver's license. license. They can't go. They can't go see not... potato for a car anymore. The, so I mean, they can see potato for direct the, TV. The though. reasoning. It's not. Like it's not. Like the reasoning for not getting someone is. It's not like, I guess, it's not like just because they're sixteen years old though. Right. And like they just like got their first job and they got their driver's license no like we're talking kids anywhere between the ages of 18 to 24 that don't have cars driver's licenses anything your socks should be higher during this rant oh no just trust me (laughs) i don't have socks on right now no i meant dominic because he's he's going all old man on everybody right now i'm just kids these days you think the generational gap that we talk about regularly with these students absolutely plays into it we can't even get like this is going to be a whole other episode so we're going to have to so shelf we're going to we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to, this we're, we're to shelf okay. this one okay in a couple of weeks we're going to come back to this because all right we're not going to get to the show uh but uh so yeah nobody offers to pick them up drive yeah. them around uh do anything and then uh the other thing that pissed me off this is going to be the last thing that i say about the students is i have one more thing i Pay. I work out a deal to where I have to pay Ultimo Dragon a larger guarantee fee, guaranteed fee, yeah, for him to do a seminar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that this is a no-brainer yeah. in which we are going to cover this fee, this additional fee, no problem. Boy, was I wrong when n- hardly any of the AIW students uh, attend this, and I end up losing. A good amount of money on this, on this seminar. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, students from the traveled in from the Pittsburgh area mm-hmm. uh, and other areas. Uh, but the AW students, you know, where was Trey Lamar? He wasn't there. Taking pictures by Jim Morrison. Yeah, you know where where was where was uh, so many guys. Well, here's the thing that gets me about that is that it's not a. You gave us a very good rate to do the seminar. B, it's not like this wasn't known about for months ahead of time to right. where the students couldn't set aside said money to. Where was Worldwide? There. Where was Weird Body? No, nowhere to be found. World, Weird Body, I think, had to work. One of his few days a week that he works. But it, it comes back down to that. Like, they had the, they knew the date, they knew when they had to set money aside. I can almost guarantee you that every one of these kids drinks monster energy every day or they do something with their money that's not necessary. Drink beer on the weekend, something along those lines. If you set aside two beers, you set aside two monsters for you know five weeks to lead up to the seminar, you've got your money for the seminar. A couple less large pizzas. He's doing math over there. Exactly. My, my socks are high here. And he's, you're he's on the, fire right he's now. He's the number collector. But one last thing. Um, one of my favorite moments of the seminar would be Ultimo taught the seminar unmasked, and we go to take the seminar picture, and one of the students freaks out, like, "Oh my god, he's gonna put the mask on!" I go, "Well, yeah, it's not like he's gonna take a picture without his mask on." <laughs> they don't know any better, but uh, so anyway, um, you know, nobody takes them, nobody picks them up. I end up having to pick them up, uh, you know, at their different flight arrival times, um, which the six 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 family arrived at like midnight and the people at the hotel just knew those guys were wrestlers just by looking at them it was the most bizarre thing i ever saw in my life like they just knew they're like are you guys wrestlers and they asked for that card for incidentals right away huh oh oh yeah lucha guys never ever ever have a credit card to put down for incidentals at the hotel like i think it's just i think they do they just think that they're gonna get charged money so like they don't want to do it just on principle yeah. They oh we we can't get into the hotel room. We can't put down a card for the incidentals. It's like uh you know, so every time I book a lucha guy it's like that. What's worse, a grown man not having a credit card or an 18-year-old kid not having a driver's license? I driver's think they license. have the credit card. I driver's think they license. I think they just think like in their, you know, cuz Mexico is so like cutthroat and shady down there. I think they just think like the promoter is going to try to get one over on them and like make them pay for their own hotel room or something. I don't and, know. And I should curb that, you know. 18-year-old in 
Ohio not having a driver's license. You can live in certain areas. You know, if you live and grow up in like in the New York area, uh, as one of our roster members did and does and lives there, he does not have a driver's license. But he's taking a subway and walking everywhere. You know, places like that. I get it. So anyway, uh, looking too far into it, Steve. Yeah, Bash, the six 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 family. The next day, they want to go to Golden Corral. Altmo Dragon wants to work out, eat steaks, and drink wine. <laughs> Literally, nobody offers to do it until uh, on top of the four people doing the ring crew load in. Yeah, nobody does the ring crew. None of these new students are anywhere to be found except for Zaytoven, but he doesn't drive. Uh, Oh, so, no, no, Zaytoven wasn't there that day, but Simon Tuan had to go give the inspirational speech at Shaker Heights. Oh, okay, we'll get back to that then. <laughs> That's got to be a good excuse. That is actually okay. Good. All right, but uh, so finally, uh, Zach Thomas takes the six 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 family. I think Eric Ryan and Eddie only took Ultimo Dragon to go work out, but uh, yeah. So it, it it was just a clusterfuck of uh, you know. A day and a half leading up, you know, before the show even starts. I would have taken the Ultimo Dragon to work out, and I know a place that has good steak and wine. I mean, you I were mean, you were busy with Swaggle. No, Swaggle Swaggle escaped him. Oh, Swaggle left because he flew in, got in a little bit earlier. He was tired because he had to get up early, and I think he had a show the night before, and uh, he wanted to sleep. Then he, just, then he just then he just right then away. he just ended up Ubering to my house. Yeah, I get to the gym and I get a text message. Hey, I couldn't fall asleep, so uh, I just Ubered to Thorns. Oh, all right, no problem. So uh, here we are at the show, I guess, uh, and we'll just go from there. Uh, the lineup has to change because uh, M Dog, who is booked as a surprise, is flying in from the West Coast and does not land until seven p.m. And they were supposed to go first, so then that reshuffles the whole card right away yeah immediately that changes everything and now the tag team title match is first which hornswoggle uh begged for because they had to do uh semi-main at absolution <laughs> so he wanted to go on early with the hot crowd this would even things out yeah little did he know that the crowd stayed hot the whole time they did they did uh and this was uh, you know another good one there with uh, the production taking on twins the contractually obligated rematch, I suppose you'd say there. Uh, and then we go into the six-way. Matt Cross does make it there. and Let's uh, not gloss over something also. Some other person who wasn't there was uh, President Matt Wadsworth was not there. Yeah, That's true. This is the first show he's missed in a while. So it was, we opened with, High school football, with uh, Joe and myself in the commentary booth. Oh, that's why you didn't want to gloss over it. And let, me, <laughs> let me just say... It's a lot of fun. I like Wadsworth, but Wadsworth is kind of like, you know, the stickler. Wads- Joe's like the substitute teacher. Yeah. He lets you get away with some stuff. Like, huh? well, we just, we come in, we sit down, we have some fun. You know, he puts on the, you know, the substitute teacher puts on the videotape and lets you sleep during class while the, you know, the regular teacher's got you doing uh, drills and, and, you know, quizzes and stuff. Sure. Wadsworth, Wadsworth's the stickler when he's, when he's out there. But Joe's a little more laid back. So that was, uh, that was a fun night. So you enjoyed yourself. I did. How many matches did you call? Four. Oh, wow. Look at you. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. I just, I, just, I just didn't want to gloss over it for you. Uh, we roll into the six-way. AJ Gray, Wheeler, uh, Facade, M-Dog, Matt Cross, Space Monkey, and making his big return to AIW, Flip Kendrick. Yes. This was this was initially planned for Absolution. Uh Flip Kendrick ends up getting a getting a foot injury uh, two days before Absolution. He was going to be a big surprise to come back at Absolution. Uh, he was like moving some boxes or something and like hurt his ankle really bad, and he had to cancel. So uh, oh, Flip's and Flip's return has been uh, it's been in the works for a while. Yeah. So there he was. What an ovation he got too. Oh yeah. Crowd was ready. They were they were pumped when. Uh, that flip music started hitting, and everybody's chanting with him. It was a feel-good moment. Did you evening. feel good, Steve Guy? I did I you? did. I did. After good times and good vibes. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Even right. though you hate those, but you know, after being having a front row seat, seeing what happened to Flip at Absolution Twelve, 
you know, for him to finally come back and obviously get the response that he did. Yeah, felt good. Felt good for him. I felt good. I felt good. Guy got a little touched over there by that. He got <laughs> enveloped in the moment. I was like, this All is right. this is what this is what he deserved right here. Oh, one thing we probably shouldn't gloss over is the new uh, the new production uh, that I invested in the uh, the headsets. Oh uh, yeah, I was gonna bring. Oh, that that's up. Right. Doesn't that doesn't that have a bigger point here soon? I was gonna ask you how that was going, how, how the headsets were working out early in the show. Well, uh, they went good, and the, you know the whole reason why we did this is because uh you know and i'm sure we'll talk about it coming up soon but uh the plans for the collective have been well you know well in the works for months uh at this point and to which uh i wanted to start getting the shows to run a little tighter uh knowing that we are going to be uh in the midnight slot uh wrestlemania weekend so I figured it's time to kind of start tightening some things up and uh, also, you know, able to give some cues instead of, you know, awkward things going on, which, you know, worked out well, you know, when you had to stall. I was going to say, because that was coming up, I was going to bring it up then at that moment. And just, you know, j- just different just different things, just a way to communicate. The refs can now communicate yeah. if somebody gets legitimately injured. Yeah, that uh, helps me too, like being there if. I can communicate somebody in the back, hey, we need this or whatever. But I, you know, I just thought of it like the the whole purpose of getting this is, you know, to get the show as a well-oiled machine leading into uh, the show at WrestleMania weekend. First run overall, I think that uh, I think that actually helps, and I think it'll only get only get better. The show was very tight. Yeah. Uh, the I keep the it tight. Third match it we was. roll into Josh Bishop. Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham. You can also credit the, the tighter show to the no alcohol because, you know, idle hands need to focus. And nobody had anything to drink back there, so everyone was making sure the show ran smooth. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise. I don't know. Uh, Joshua Bishop, Dr. Dr. Dan. This is a replacement as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, two days before, I believe... Uh, Ethan Page's contractual obligation to impact wrestling. You know, they, uh, you know, they use those contractual obligations and uh, he has to go to the television tapings in Mexico. Uh, and he has, you know, he has to cancel last minute. So uh, luckily, you know, this is where, you know, having Dan in uh, his role currently, you know, was an easy fix here. And, uh, you know, we went with Josh Bishop and Dr. D. So that match, Doctor D, Doctor D, yeah, he's not slapping anybody. He'll slap you, brother. <laughs> he's the new Duke. <laughs> so that match ends, and then that's when I get the word in my little earpiece. Steve, stall. Steve, we need you to stall here because we're going into the Ultimo Dragon Lewis Linden match, and uh, I guess Ultimo didn't exactly understand that he needed to go up there right then did, for the match. Did, did he pull a headhunter? He inadvertently pulled a head hunter. Well, you know, the he la- thought that he had more time. Than the language barrier he is. He did, exactly. You know, That's exactly what happened. He, he, did, he didn't look up and then keep smoking? No, he didn't. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. He thought that he had, like... I did buy him some cigars, though. I just want to throw that out there. And whiskey, right? Or bourbon. Yeah, I got yeah. him some bourbon. He, uh, he did have... He thought that he had, like, two more matches or one match had just That's started. just... That's because the show was flying. Yeah. Uh, and so he was still kind of getting ready, taking his time, stretching or whatever. And, uh, yeah, he was not ready to come up for the match yet. So I had to stall. You're a pro Steve guy. You know. Oh, thanks. Don't want to gloss over the fact that you were able to stall for two minutes. Thanks, dude. Well, Appreciate that. You know, because of those headsets, really. It, you know? it was because of those headsets. Uh, yeah, stalled as best I could, made fun of Dustin Alberti, and uh, we went on. It's a little uh, blow to poor Alberti right now. Nah, it helped him out. You know, the ladies need to know he was single. It's fine. Follow him on uh, Twitter at Rev1010. Yeah, any single lady listeners to this podcast. That's right. You, you out there, you won. You. <laughs> Do you want to date We're Dustin Alberti? you in the singular. <laughs> you. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I was uh, much more, uh, you know, I didn't know what to expect out of Ultimo Dragon. You know, he is in his 50s. Uh and I was, I thought he exceeded expectations in the ring, you know, yeah. uh, especially, you know, sometimes you, you, you know, you see 
some recent matches and you don't you know what I mean you don't know what they're gonna do obviously he's not gonna wrestle like it's you know the Super J Cup or anything but right. uh, you know I thought that he did quite a bit more than anyone really expected um, and uh, you know yeah I, thought, I mean that was a he's a legend he, he wins the match was uh was pairing him with Lewis Linden automatic in your mind uh yeah just based on Lewis Linden you know if you look at if if you look at the um just if you look at the just i guess experience level uh of everyone that was there and you know knowing that hey maybe Ultimo Dragon isn't going to want to lose a lot of these guys don't want to lose right uh you just have to like Lewis Linden doesn't have a title belt Lewis Linden is very competent Lewis Linden actually told me after this match that he has had over 100 matches in an AIW ring. Wow. That that has to be the most ever. I mean, there's nobody that has had, I don't think comes close to that. You got a frowny face over there. No, I'm not frowning. I'm just thinking. (laughs) How many you had? I'd have to go back and add. It's not 100 because you haven't had 100 shows, have you? Oh, yeah. We've had almost 200. Seriously? Yeah. I don't know what the exact count is, but it's well over yeah. 100. I don't, I don't think it's 200. It's uh, it's in between 100 and 200. Probably, the, you know, I'm sure someone can look it up on Cage Match, what, that German website, whatever it is. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, he, he actually told me that after after uh, he came through the curtain. He said, I've had over 100 matches at an AW rig. I was like, that's crazy. And what was his reaction uh, for that match then? Did he say anything? I think he was very excited about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Lewis Linden is a, you know, he, he he's he's cool at all times. You know what I mean? Like he he never really sells anything. He's captain of the ship, man. You yeah. got to be cool under pressure. That's and you know that's really why uh, that's really what it means by him being the captain of the ship. You know what I mean? He is the, yeah. you know, he's a he's a guy that you, you can just rely on at, at any time. And you know, I know thrift store jobber just hates hates when I just praise Lewis Linden all the time. But uh, <laughs> uh, he, I'm not sure how. I, I don't oh, want to no. get off topic, but I'm not sure how oh, no. anybody can like have such a powerful dislike for for Lewis Linden. Yeah, like yeah, such wh- a nice why? guy. Like, what? I mean, uh, and not even not even solid, that he's a nice guy, but has if, solid matches. If you just watch him all the time, if you yep. like wrestling and you watch him, I don't know how you could have such a an anti opinion of somebody like that. Yeah. I just, you know, I'm not saying this is specific to Thrift Store Jobber or anybody, but, you know, I just think, you know, Lewis Linden is a guy that does not engage in the social media and things right. like that. He's just a guy that likes to wrestle and, you know, he's very good, but, you know, uh, he, that, what you see is what you get there and you're not getting anything more. And, uh, you know, maybe people just don't have, like, don't have that access and attention. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, I, like, I've tried to figure it out, honestly, why he's not more places and you know i really don't know you know maybe this lack of social media is what i've come up with but i'm sure it doesn't help because if people don't know you know yeah who you are or what you can do so i want to touch more on the ultimo dragon experience uh one of my favorite moments happened before the rest of us even got to meet him and uh it comes across you know the board's group chat from one john thorne Ultimo Dragon is a handsome man. He is a handsome guy, dude. <laughs> Yo, I mean... Stephanie McMahon, that was always the rumor. Right. <laughs> Ultimo hottie. <laughs> I said, man, you know, this is like a handsome a handsome guy. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know what to expect, you know, yeah. from a ma- some of these mask guys, man. They should wear a mask. Yeah, there's a reason they're wearing it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you always have that... Uh, you have that... Uh, that memory of like Stephanie McMahon rumor wanting to take the mask off him or whatever. And I was like, so I was like, I'm really interested to see what this guy looks like. And you know, he had like, you know, his, his hair was done nice. He had some like really expensive sunglasses. He's like a really classy guy. Yeah. Like super classy dude. Uh, you know, dressed very nice. And it was just like, you know, you could tell this guy is, you know, this, this guy's a star. It helps that, you know, yeah, he's a superstar. He's probably, got the best of everything in general asian people don't age a lot so i mean he probably looks oh he looks like he's 30 years that's old what i'm saying they don't he's in his 50s they'll they'll stay the same and then all of a sudden they'll get to a certain age and they'll it'll just hit him but like that sure that's exactly why does he dress like a like attitude era 
The Rock when he would like wear the no, hair. not like that. No, he's Pants. like real classy guy. Did he have like a sport coat on. Like uh, yeah, he did have a sport yeah, coat on. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but he's like a very classy guy to where you know what I mean. Like he's like a cigar smoker and an expensive wine guy. Right. And, you know? So go into how, how expensive was the wine and cigar that you bought it? Do I need to check the portfolio? The cigars that I got them were very expensive, actually, because I know nothing about cigars. But, uh, you know, you always hear uh, another thing that you hear as a promoter is, is like Japanese talent, like a Japanese custom is, you know, they like to receive a gift. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I'm going to try to do a little bit more for this guy in hopes that he's going to go out there and work very hard, which I feel that he did. Oh, yeah. Uh, it worked yeah. extremely hard. Uh, so, you know, I, I asked, you know, I. I asked around. I actually texted Sonny Ono and asked him, and now Sonny Ono won't leave me the fuck alone, thinking <laughs> that I owe him money for giving me the intel that uh, where I needed to f- fly him to, and that you know he likes cigars and whiskey. Ten percent, uh, brother. Yeah, he, Sonny Ono. Ha- I actually had to block him on all forms of communication. He's gonna sue you now for discrimination. I said, uh, won a lot of money on that lawsuit. Yeah, well, exactly. It works. Clearly, it works for him. He kept kept asking me for ten percent of Ultimo Dragon's fee, which I did not book Ultimo Dragon using Sonny Ono. Yeah, ten percent for what? He wanted ten percent for telling me where his booking was the next day, to fl- where to fly him to. But uh, and then you know, he kind of threatened me. He said wrestling's a really small place. And I said, <laughs> okay, Sonny Ono, don't fucking threaten me. So you also bought him. Uh, it was it was a Cleveland whiskey, right? Yeah, Cleveland one, was one of their. It's like you know, upper tier Cleveland whiskeys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ultimate Dragon actually sent me a picture of. He he texted me drinking it the other day, so because yeah. he liked it, and I got him some cigars. There, I don't know anything about cigars, but there's a fancy cigar shop in Ohio City. Uh, cigar, 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 Josh. Cigars, yeah. Because uh, Josh Prohibition told me, you know, UWA Hardcore when because they had Ultimate Dragon a lot and they bought him some very fancy gifts and i went well i'm not going that fancy you know they're buying him like versace things and stuff like that uh so i was like i'll get him some cigars though you know what i mean like what could a cigar cost i don't know right i mean it's not astronomical but you know it's it was expensive you know I sp- no you can get cigars there are cigars that are i spent like about hundred dollars yeah but- i spent about 50 bucks all right that's that's good for how many uh three cigars yeah, those are solid cigars. That's, that's probably all right. Yeah, I like I told I went to the shop and I said, you know, what's the you know just you do it because I don't know anything about cigars. You know, like, <laughs> you own this place, you fucking you work here. You just give me some nice cigars that aren't you know like fucking Philly blunts from the fucking Seven <laughs> Eleven. Pretty Philly much blunts, what I told man. them. Good times, good vibes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sabu. That's uh, right. So, speaking of Philly Blunts, the uh, next match we roll into is the four-way. The tag match, PME, uh, the productions, Eddie Only and Derek Director, to Infinity and Beyond, Colin and Cheech, and then uh, Chase, Oliver, and Trey Lamar. No consequences. Also, Cheech's birthday show. Cheech's birthday. How about that? Cheech's birthday. Uh, Cheech very excited to go to the fun house afterwards. Cheech was also very mad about this no... I was uh, going to say, no he, alcohol. Was, he was the first person I think I saw that was visibly upset. Yeah, he was. Right. And I don't know if it was because it was his birthday or because, in general, he likes to have a couple beers when he gets done. Cheech is like a party sometimes guy. He was excited to get to the funhouse for but about he, 45 minutes, and then I don't think he remembers. Oh, and yeah, then he was yeah, like, yeah. no more shots. Yeah. I can't do any more shots. But, and then they kept showing up for some reason. But... Uh, uh, this tag match, I mean, there's not a lot to say about it. You go out of your way to see it. This is probably one of the best matches in AEW all year. Um, you know, I'm not going to break down the whole thing, but uh, this match was very, very, very good. Uh, what I liked most about it is is it featured a lot of the homegrown people coming through the school. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, Colin and Cheech, just like Lewis Linden, are just invaluable uh, guys to have in a locker room and uh, to be wrestling with with younger talents uh they always deliver and they always kind of you know bring people up to another level uh they're another team that i can't imagine why they are not getting booked fucking literally everywhere because they're unreal but this match is i would say it's in the top five matches of the entire year in aiw and i'll say this pme is starting to get a notice at uh a lot of 
a lot of places. They're getting noticed around. And the, I would say, Dom, do you think that is a uh, direct result of you see them I mean, a, a fair amount yeah, at I training? Mean, They'd probably be two of the most dedicated guys when it comes to attending training sessions, um, being there for the ring crew, you know, being there when something is necessary. They're always there. They're always some of the first to, you know, dedicate their time. Um, and, and, you know, the success they're having this year, because it's really been this year that they've really broken out, you know, it's indicative of the hard work that they put in. And, and they, they and they can see that they can see the results too. So that's yeah. why that's why they keep going to training, and that's why they keep doing what they're doing because they can see A plus B equals C. They go do the things, and then they get booked all over the place. And you know, as much as I dislike them on some level, you, you I have to give them credit that they are, you know, one of the ultimate babyface tag teams. And they're fantastic. Their their double their double teams their double team work is great. Their continuity is great. Their attitude is great. I mean, I, as much as it pains me to say good things about people I genuinely dislike, you have to be honest at some point. You know, I I'll tell you what, I watched them on a show the next day, and uh, my un I don't know unexpertise opinion or whatever to them my feedback was you know it's like i was watching they were in another four-way tag match it was like i was watching one tag team versus a whole bunch of singles guys because they are just and that's on point not at the iw show because the other thing i want to say is obviously Derek director and and eddie only are some other guys well that's something that i you know guys like when pme you know came over to us i really stressed to them that the indie tag the idea behind the tag teams on the indies is there's not a lot, and that's really a good way to get yourself noticed, especially when you're newer, like PME. Right. And I said, you know, you guys need to do everything and come across as a tag team. You guys have to have tag moves. You guys have to, you know, work off each other and feed off each other. That's just stuff that Johnny taught, you know, us and everybody that was coming sure. through, you know, because it was really beneficial for us when Johnny was, you know, having that first DIY run to have him come in and, and teach us what he was learning down there and what him and Tommaso were doing and how they were getting over, you know, which then kind of allows us to like guys like myself and Dr. Dan and the guys that were there when Johnny was there, it allows us to pass that knowledge down to guys like PME who weren't there, but, you know, are in a better spot right now to use that than someone like me and Dan, who are more singles-based wrestlers. Would you put the AIW tag team division up against yes. any other promotions? There are just so many teams that are good. Um, and, uh, you know, this is why we have to do these these four-way tags and things like that because, uh, you know, there's just so many teams. But it also creates, you know... It just creates excitement you know what yeah. i mean and like there's a lot more ways to be creative uh in these multi-tag matches and you know it, it gets these guys on the shows you know obviously everyone can't be on the shows but uh i like to try to feature as many people as we possibly can what what amazes me about the aiw tag team division and you see it in i mean this match in itself is the individuality of the teams, does that make sense? They're all very different. You don't seem to have anything repetitive. You go from PME uh, to the production. I mean, they have obviously multiple tag teams, and you're going to have some repetitive nature in terms of because they're a one huge unit. But even still, their styles are different. Uh, Cheech and Colin, Trey and Chase, even to Mans and Jock Sampson, you're getting something different from all of these teams. And I think that's what makes it so fun to watch. You know, it's, it, yeah, you they, can, they you all have to put any of them together and you're going to have right now. It's just, there's just so much synergy amongst the tag teams and chemistry and everyone's just working so well together. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's why, you know, I like the shows like, you know, the ones like zero cool to Winchester to where we can give these guys some traditional tag team matches and really, you know what I mean? Give them uh, a chance to develop that way too in a more traditional way. But, yeah. 
uh, everyone just seems to be clicking right now. That's uh, you know that is a tag team in AIW. Yeah, I mean from the new tag teams to like I said, well Mance and Jock are a new tag team, but all the way to Eric and Bobby. And, they all you and know and, 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 and where where some people excel, another team excels in a different way, and it just works. Yeah. Uh, so that match wraps up. We roll into the intense championship match. I believe this is Tim Don's first title defense. Yes. I'm not mistaken because he had to call off from yeah. Russell Rager. For his Ring of Honor dark match. There's <laughs> an honor. So All he had to do was ask, and he's back on the show. See how that works, Steve? Well, he's got a, he's got a title defense. Vacant. <laughs> Who should it go Do on? You think, you think no, that? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. I, I'm not dumb enough to say that in front of you guys. Come on. <laughs> he's, he's dumb enough to think it in private, though. Yeah. I'll say it to myself on the drive home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, Tim Don's Cole Cabana. And, uh, you know, it's what you expect from these two veterans and, and their different styles. But they they can work a match together. It's fantastic. It's fun to watch. And uh, and they've had a couple of matches in AIW in the past, but I think by far this one was the one where they finally clicked. Mm-hmm. But uh, despite the uh, earpieces come into play here, John Thorne, do you want to talk about it? Oh no, or no? <sighs> you know, there was just a lot that was going on here. I don't know if it was a DQ or a count out. Count out. Count out. It, uh, it, it turns out count-out. to be a count out. Yeah. But uh, you know, these refs love kind of you know. Trying to you know show their authority in a f- fake predetermined exhibition of uh, <laughs> performance art. I'll talk about kayfabe. And uh, they, uh, Jay Clemens is on the headsets here because I'm, uh, I think I'm dealing with Ultimo Dragon. He you know he wants to get he wants to get paid and wants to get a ride back. Uh, so a gorilla position. Jay Clemens is uh, you know Jay Clemens. Uh, everyone with an earpiece in, it's a it's a two way, so any, anyone can talk that has one. Right. You know, even though I had the headset, anybody has the ability to communicate. And Jake Clubbins goes, "You better count him out." No, 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 no. That's not what happened. No, I was standing right behind him when he, he did said, it. He was sitting. He was sitting in gorilla, and I'm not sure. Oh, he was sitting in gorilla, and they were fighting outside. Yeah, they were fighting outside the ring, and. Oh, there's Jack's wife. Missy yeah, Hyatt. Lovely Missy Hyatt um, on that And uh, so... Um, Avid listener. They're, it's going for a while, and I think somebody in the back might have said, are they going to get back in the ring or what? And uh, Jake, into the earpiece, goes, DQ him. Yep. Potato, DQ him. D- he, said he, said Dave. It, he said Dave. He Dave. said Dave. Did he say Dave? Okay, he said yeah. Dave, DQ him. He said it two or three times. And I looked at him, and I was like, Jake, are you fucking stupid? It's a live microphone during a match. Potato doesn't know that you're screwing with him. He doesn't know who's coming to the headset. To, that's what I was going to say. trying to rib Potato, who has no sense of humor to begin with, in the during a match. In a serious in a environment. On, on a headset, with the first time we're using them, yeah. when Potato is hearing things, thinking it could and, be you. And, and yeah, you can't, that's legit. the thing. You can't tell if that and was it just, John it or Jim. It turned out that they go to the side. They're at nine. Cabana throws Donst in, and he makes the mistake of not, of not getting, getting back in. in the ring. And so Potato says, 10, ring the bell. And we all looked at Jake, and Jake practically pissed himself when that oh, bell rang. I was so mad. Because yeah. they were out there for about three minutes, and I was like, Whoa. No, they were out there for a good amount of time. It was short. It was it, a good it, amount of time to yeah. wear... We were questioning if that was legitimately the finish that they had, they had planned. No, right. I, no, we were questioning if it was a spot that was planned because they just keep it rolling so perfectly. Well, yeah, they, then they did the restart. Credit, credit Cole Cabana for being yeah, but cre- also credit Cole, Cole Cabana for saying later on, "I forgot the rules of wrestling." Yeah, because we were people wanted to blame Dave, and it's like absolutely one hundred percent isn't Dave's fault. We were yeah. blaming Jake. And then Colt said, "I just I forgot the rules." But yeah, at the same time, at some point, Dave's gotta hit say ten. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Like how long? But is having Jake in the earpiece, but re- having Jake in the earpiece say DQ him even help. before that happened did not help. Right. It was it was chaos. I know I sat there. It like, was chaos, uh, man. Oh, oh. 
Yeah, okay. we were. Jake, Jake was, Jake was very lucky. I was like, guess I'll oh, ring the man. bell here. It was. It I was mad for sure. Getting mad about it again. <laughs> I was mad. I went to my show and I was getting mad. I was like, "What are you stupid? How could you even do that?" Yeah, but you know, we were covered Nelly silly. Because when when Potato and Jake they do these small shows and they like work with these wrestlers that are like questionable to be, even be wrestlers, they do shit like that. Like Potato will DQ somebody for breaking the rules and say, or, or like. Like some, somebody, some, some, up. somebody shoves him, he'll DQ it. Sign you know what I mean? Him. He warned him once. Uh, this this oh. has actually happened. That's why oh, he brought seen, it up. I've seen, I've seen it without the warning. He he warned him once, oh. and he shoved him again, and he rang the bell. It was a two minute match, and he's we got to the back, and he and quite frankly, he's right. But you know, he's like, you can't you can't do that, man. Yeah, I mean, he is. He's not wrong, but anyway, you can't show up the refs. Well, you can show him up. You just can't touch him. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. What, is that, what was the circumstance you saw, Dom? Um, it would have been a show I did with Alex Daniels um, like two Decembers ago, and he was wrestling J.D. Smoothie, and um, J.D. Smoothie just grabs an umbrella and hits Alex Daniels with an umbrella right in front of Potato. Potato just looks at him after he hits him and just rings the bell. DQ, a minute and a half in the match. Oh, yeah. So there Easy. was... It wasn't any, uh, There's a no, no DQ badge no, or no, no rules no, badge. Not no DQ, no restart, nothing. Just ring the bell, head on home. And is that, do you think that's, that, I mean, that's the right call there too? Yeah, for, I mean, he hit him with Dave? a foreign object right in front right of the referee. 100% yeah. the right call. If you don't, right if you're going to do that, you can't, you can't improvise no. breaking the rules right. blatantly while they're staring right at you. You just, there has to no. be and some... It, element of realism that yep. still exists what's what's interesting then is you get this reaction from the fans right who give a guy like potato so much shit and such a hard time it's like you need to count Dave, no, you need to count Dave? and then you get the count out Potato's an easy target in their mind yeah potato's an easy target because he can't laugh at himself so he takes <laughs> he internalizes everything and takes everything super seriously but then from a fan's perspective no. it's like you're not even just potato sometimes well, if they, they know if they know they got somebody you know I mean, what I mean? Gonna, but them wanting else. them wanting the refs shouting at the refs, oh, are you going to count? Hey, this is, it's no DQ or whatever, and trying to yell the rules at the referees. And then the moment they adhere to them, I feel like the fans think that they, <laughs> they're cheated. Well, it, but it's like, well, the, the what fan, do you want? The fans thought. So yeah, that's, that's the go. problem. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. We know you love those fans. Well, I do. A couple of them. Well. What do we got next, Steve? Next, we go with the four-way match. Uh, this one was unannounced. KTV yeah, was. Was announced. Did we announce this one? Sure we did. did. You're right. We did. K- I was thinking this was the surprise, but the surprise was the uh, six way. No, this was announced. Yeah. KTB, uh, Matt Justice, Nick Gage, and Tom Lawler. What a foursome right there. Uh, Nick Gage, I'll tell you, gets busted open on the top of his head. This match in the crowd is another match that could be a top five for the whole year. This match was fucking awesome as well. Hey, Thorne. Yeah. Do you remember when KTB gave you a business card at the WrestleMania weekend in Orlando? <laughs> no. Yeah. So <laughs> I wish bartender Nick Sanka was here because I always remember this. He was on the first Janelle spring break and uh, you came all drunk and it was you and, and um Was this Nick before Sanka? or after he threw up at Disney World? Before. Or, or Universal Studios? Before. Okay. Before. Nick Sanka and Nick's girlfriend, Allie. And I remember KTB was just in the lobby handing out bit his business cards to people. And He's working, man. <laughs> That's fantastic. A couple years Paying later. Dues. We're we're here at Mount Arlie and Mount Carmel in Cleveland, and he's uh he's in a four way with Nick Gage. Oh, I did not know that. Matt Justice and uh, Tom, Tom Waller. I'll have to look at my luggage uh, from uh, Orlando. See if that business card's still in there. KTB making making himself uh, known, putting you know a lasting impression on on the fans, and well, John Thorne here booking him again. I thought this match was awesome. It was. It was. Uh, I was. Very much worried about Nick Cage bleeding from the top of his head, cut open. Ah, oh, I don't need anything. I'm fine. <laughs> He's like, what did you, what did you think like, he was gonna say? I don't know. Like it was bad, man. Like it was. I'm surprised he didn't say make it worse. It's like sliced on the top of his head. And oh gosh, I'm I'm in the crowd checking on Nick because oh, he's... there's there's a great Nick Cage story still coming. But oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I think I know what that. And one then is. I gotta I gotta go back and. <laughs> And, and ring the bell because the finish happens while I'm attending to him. Uh, also, KTB. How did was, he get busted open? I didn't. It was uh, Nick was in the crowd. Uh, I believe it was Matt 
jumped from the top rope out to Nick uh, over the rails, obviously. Mm. And I think it was when they went down from there, he may have hit a chair chair on the way to the floor. Um, And then KTB, though, worth noting, uh, said, hey, man, ready for the funhouse? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I I ban- I banned myself from there. <laughs> I what ret- happened? To the like, I retired from the fun house. Did something happen the last time he was here? He's having a lot of fun at Absolution. When he was headbutting the wall. He was yeah. He, he was. Oh, I don't. He, know. he was like working a match with the wall, but like only me and Tom Lawler saw it happen, and oh it was like it was. He was like selling for it, and like <laughs> well, he's a worker, man. Did he give the wall a business card? He might have. <laughs> I think he listens to the podcast because when I brought it up, he laughed. And he had a great time. I think the exact words were, he's like, oh, no, no, I'm banned from there. I go, who banned you? He's like, I did. Like, That's a smart move. Here's my, that wall is not going to give him his win back. What's uh, are we, the Nick Gage story coming later? Uh, Nick Gage story comes during the main event. Okay. Uh, so next up, Dominic Garini gets his first ever absolute title shot. Against my absolute kryptonite of an opponent, Hot Sauce Tracy Williams, who, uh, following this match, I am now 0 for 7 against. Wow. I'm going to try to keep that streak rolling. (laughs) That's not a good streak, man. I don't know. Hey. But, no, I mean. That's Kurt Hawkins. You make a lot of money. True. Losing streaks. Yeah. Tracy, uh, Tracy, obviously the new champion. Uh, Tracy taught me a lot of my young career. Um. He was all, all there a lot for me when Johnny had gotten signed. Uh, kind of took that spot as a wrestling dad for me. So to get the chance to be his first defense was really cool for me. Um, we've worked obviously having worked over seven matches together. You know we've got a pretty decent chemistry with each other, and uh, we just kind of went out and tried to do a little bit of kind of what we did that first match we had a couple years ago at Jaylit, and kind of tear on and build on to that. Uh, speaking of thrift store jobber who was brought up earlier. Mm. Are you going to mention the hat guy in the crowd at Halloween Havoc? Well, no. ECW hat guy in the front row? Oh, yeah. I think he's going to mention uh, me flicking thrift store jobber off. Yeah. Always, always. Turning. Thumbs up from the Duke. I had had a super fan, Rick Nelson, tell me the only true way I could turn heel post-show was had I flicked off thrift store jobber, and that's what I did. Uh, So... I don't know. You're heel now. Are you he- are you heel now? I are you heel? As far as I know. Are you? Well, I, well, you we'll get you a, a smoking jacket and a key to the bathroom <laughs> for the club oh, for the heel right. club. Can it be? Can it be purple? Hey, the, whatever color you want, man. Purple? Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Just like the five timers club on SNL. <laughs> I love the five timers club. Uh, uh, so then we roll into the main event. Oh, the main event. Mexican death man. Oh, I would. I thought you were going to do a different Nick Age story. Oh, no, I know which one you're thinking of. Yeah. No, this one yeah, this one's yeah. completely different, which is a great one. The Young Studs versus La Familia Tijuana. I'm going to say this right now. This match was exponentially tamer than I thought it was going to be. I, That's no I, way to sell a DVD, but... Yeah, thanks, Duke. Uh, hey. I mean, there's some answers to that. I mean, obviously, um, I think everybody thought it was going to be a little crazier than it was. Um I mean, Eric Ryan got crazy. He did, but I, I, I think maybe that's with the the buildup that he had to it and talking to Bobby the week before and knowing what Eric was planning on well, and other stuff, it, it didn't seem like he maybe did as much as he wanted to. I, don't I think know. a little bit of that. I also think a little bit of it was, uh, honestly, like he pitched the ideas from what I know. He pitched the ideas to... Damian and Bestia, and they were completely fine with Eric taking all the stuff, but they didn't necessarily want to take that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, with with especially with Bestia, Bestia being such a big star down down in the crash, I'm assuming he didn't want to you know tear his body up on barbed wire or, or glass. But I know Eric had uh, come up to me about three weeks before the show and said, "Hey, I got five panes of glass from Habitat for Humanity." Uh, <laughs> yeah. He literally went stole at a charity Habitat for Humanity store didn't steal them stole them. them from a Habitat for Humanity no, he house bought them. I mean no he no, bought I, them no I'm saying I'm saying he rather than allow someone to have a home with windows he bought them to go through I mean hey yeah, yeah. Fair hey, enough. they sell them I don't know, I don't know. my one of my favorite moments is uh, awesome when Eric Ryan goes through the glass mm. 
And I, my Nick Gage story comes after this, so Tom Dunn comes rushing. Oh, out. I know you. I remember. Tom that. Dunn comes rushing out of the ring to make sure he's okay, and I'm going over there too. Tom slips on the glass and lands on top of. Oh, Eric. I didn't see that. I was doing that. I was. <laughs> I think Joe and I were standing up because everybody was standing up at that point, and then yeah. especially when Eric went through the glass, everybody and it was right in front of us. Yeah, where that he did first it. One. Yeah. So everybody kind of scattered. And so we were just standing up. I was looking to where whatever else was going this on. This was the second. Oh, uh, the second glass. one. Yeah. Okay. And okay. Uh, and Eric is laying on top of, it, and he's kind of starting to move to get off of all these shards of glass and the barbed wire. When, and the barbed wire. When Tom Dunn comes over, slips, and falls right <laughs> on him as he's trying to check on him. And Tom's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, Eric. Are you okay?" He's like. Yeah, except you fucking falling on me. That's the worst. Get off of me! Like, because he's just shoving him further onto this barbed wire. Very <laughs> giant, uncoordinated bear of a man. <laughs> he felt so bad. So Nick Age story. Yeah. Um, I'm watching this match at the gimmick tables uh, next call on Delaney, and we are very excited as Eric Ryan starts to set up a contraption of barbed wire and glass. And as he's setting the glass up on the chairs, Nick Gage hits us both in the arms and goes, I wish I was in the middle of the shit right now. (laughs) (laughs) At which point I really thought, I saw Ryan Kaplan, I said, let's add Ryan Kaplan to the Young Studs and let's add uh, Nick Gage to La Familia de Tijuana and let's party. Yeah. But uh, Kaplan says, couldn't go or he could lose eyesight permanently. Yeah, he, he he had some medical issues going on right now. Says he'll be back though. Yeah, he's coming back to the train full time. Oh, yeah? I'm excited. Oh, man, you heard it here first. But, uh, Thorne, can you kind of give a background on uh, why this match kind of happened? Uh, this was Eric Ryan's dream. Wrestling Damien 666 was Eric Ryan's dream match. But I didn't know how to get a hold of just Damien 666. But, so I got a hold of Bestia. And then, you know, it turns into, like, well, we'll come in as a tag team sort of thing. And then, uh, you know, it just kind of spirals out from there. It's just I, I knew that this was always Eric's dream match. And, uh, you know, I'm always been a big fan of Damien 666 from like Super Jacob 95 or whatever and I ended up talking to him about it which was kind of surreal to just sit and talk to him about it even though he speaks very minimal English Amigo Uh, yeah he kept calling me Amigo all weekend (laughs) better Uh, than Gringo or Essay because an Amigo and uh, he sent me a he added me on Facebook and sent me a message that said hola boss (laughs) but uh, yeah this was Eric yeah this was Eric this was Eric Ryan's uh dream match so you know i was just after absolution you know everything kind of resets a little bit and i was just like well you know fuck it let's just go for it you know and uh that's how it all kind of came about figured you know no one else is gonna book eric ryan against damien 666 so might as well give it to him in his hometown all four of them want a rematch okay so that's just the oldest trick in the book (laughs) (laughs) i mean the, you know Eric wants that's it, That's special right there, You know man. Eric wants it. Yeah, we would like to have a rematch. Maybe that's why they held back a little bit. They, they, they want more for that for that rematch. Well, you know, they were saying, you know, if they would have known in advance that Eric Ryan wanted to get so crazy, they would have prepared for it and brought, you know, different gear and stuff like that. Uh, from a promoter standpoint, like, you never really want to tell somebody that you want them to do a death match when the price is already kind of high. Because then that price tag goes up more, and uh, I was already kind of, you know, like ah, this budget is pretty up there, sort of thing. So I didn't want to say, oh, by the way, budget Thorn, yeah. responsible Thorn is nowhere near as exciting as as young irresponsible Thorn was back in the day. Well, you know, it's all on my shoulders these days, man. It's all budgets, numbers, and budgets and numbers and spreadsheets. Portfolios. Way to do my tax return finally. There's a lot of spreadsheets in there. <laughs> uh, I mean, from there, lots of cleanup. And, Actually, uh, not lots of cleanup. This was the quickest we have ever done Mount Carmel. This was quicker than any GNO cleanup. The show, we've ever had. the show was so done quick, early. All that stuff. I think a little. I think bottom. there were two factors: one, the tightness of the show with the headsets, mm-hmm. and two, the lack of PBR, Bud Light, uh, oh, sure. whatever Rita cans and uh, plastic cups on the ground. Okay, uh, those were non-existent, so it was a very quick cleanup process. All right, and plus, no one was drinking. During the show, so they were probably able to clean up a little. A lot faster. less messes. No, I'm as saying well, they, as well. They we, were probably able to. Function as well, we better. have we have started putting extra trash cans around Mount Carmel to kind of try to funnel the trash in a more orderly manner. Yeah, that just helped help. us out quite a bit. 
that'll help. Well, good. Well, then we. And I was I was happy with the batch. You know what I mean? I obviously it may have been tamer than like a a crazy like traditional death match, but I mean, you know, they still did some stuff. Damien six 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 still works extremely hard. And I mean, Eric Ryan gets thrown through a fucking pane I'm not of glass. It wasn't good. Twice. I'm not saying they didn't do some crazy stuff. It just Eric has set the bar for this stuff probably higher than it needs to be. So when you don't get there, you're, you know, it's like, oh, okay. Where would you put this on? On Eric Ryan's craziness scale? No, on the ranking of uh, this match and your Wrestle Rager death match. Um, Ours was probably more ridiculous. <laughs> I, I would have to say. Hear that, Eric Ryan? Duke's calling you out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not Russell, saying that. You asked Russell me which Ranger, one was Russell crazy. Ranger 4. I think... Sounds like... Uh, I think ours was crazier. I think anybody... Russell obje- Ranger 4, Deathmatch Desperados. Sounds like Duke needs to get one of his... Deathmatch Duke, Eric Ryan. Russell Ranger 4, don't touch the garage door. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's another thing that's happened recently. That but let's, this has already about. been a marathon of a podcast. So. Yeah. Well, then we roll into uh, the after party. Nothing really to talk about. There. I thought we were going to get to the to the, much to the Nick Gage there. story before we got to the after party. Nah. That's what it was. It was. I wish I was in the middle of this shit. He said it. That was his Nick Gage story. Why do you got one? I I had one. I mean, that I thought was kind of interesting when we were after the show. We were all downstairs, yeah, uh, talking kind of about the situation we touched on earlier. Oh, and um, uh, Hot Sauce wasn't aware of all the. Uh, what was going all the yeah, facts yeah. and everything so thorn was kind of i forgot uh, about this yeah thorn was kind of uh filling him in on all the details and not super specific but it is that the other thing cabana was there listening and and some other people and it was like he's uh doing some envelopes and stuff and just kind of telling the whole story and he, he i don't know what he said what thorn said exactly <laughs> but it was something to the effect of yeah we really got screwed or yeah this we kind of got you know by this this dude or whatever all of a sudden, Nick Gage, it was like a dog that heard a whistle. He just goes, <laughs> he like all of a sudden, it's like a Kramer slide step right behind Thorne. He goes, "What do we need to take care of somebody?" He said, <laughs> "He's like, I'm with you guys for life." Or, I, I can't. I'm, I'm not. I'm paraphrasing. I'm doing a terrible job because I, I don't speak Nick Gage. But <laughs> he said, he said, "You need me to go talk to somebody?" Yeah, that's what it was. He goes, "You need, you need me to go talk to somebody." And then he put out a tweet later on that night <laughs> about how. We were, you know, family and yeah. how he's, he's got our backs and everything else. And I was just like, I'm not going to make any sudden movements here. I'm just, just going to sit quietly. And- <laughs> I love Nick Gage. He's one of my favorite uh, people. Nick in that Gage requesting room. hot pretzels, from what I understand, at the uh, concession stand, Monsoon Classic, if you're listening. He's a hot pretzels oh. and cheese guy. Oh. Okay. Might have to add that. Interesting. Well, there you go. So I don't know how you're going to pull it off, Monsoon. But uh, just know Nick Gage is looking for him and he does not want mustard. He wants cheese. We got to get one of those. Uh, Nacho cheese things. Well, we could we, we could afford that had we not had to buy a new garage door. Yeah. Oh, I did forget about the uh, pre-show, Thorn. We did go. We changed up our spot. We did go to Happy Dog. Uh, oh, I yeah. know you guys touched touch on that with Swaggle. He was very happy. He calls it Happy Dogs. He calls yeah. it Happy Dogs. Doesn't realize it's just one dog. No. Uh, delicious eating all around. And uh, I will say that uh, there was a request from one of Swaggle's friends to bring him back ballpark or stadium mustard Bertman's and I believe he left it at the venue yes so if anybody has that we need it <laughs> I'm sure you can get some more it's yeah, available, I'm sure available we'll get at a grocery more. store near you sure he'll get some more Jingle Toes is going to be really upset because he went and bought that for him but that'll be okay uh, and that that's about it I think anybody else got anything to add nope sweet good deal well for Dom Greeny for the Duke for John Thorne My name's Steve Guy, and we'll talk to you next week here on The Card is Going to Change.